week one NFL playoffs edition two bonus edition. We got a full wise guy roundtable to my left. The Vig, Maddie Holt. To my right, Steve Fezzik. He hasn't left that chair since yesterday. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? Slept on the couch. It's all good. Yeah. Why'd you sleep on the couch? <laughs> no trouble with the wife? Uh, it happens every football season, no doubt. Well, yeah. I mean, in general, I think if you work really hard, well, you, you should have someone, the person that spends that money should be mad at you. <laughs> I mean, it may, listen, yeah. it makes perfect sense. <laughs> now, Maddie, you're a entrepreneur, literally. You're, you're, you're a, uh, a business founder. You're working really hard. How's the, and I'm saying this sincerely because there's a lot. This is not uncommon, meaning wives get mad that their husbands work so hard, even the wives that spend a lot of money. How would you rate your dynamic in that regard? Uh, she's great. She's pretty understanding. She's like, work till you drop, baby. Yep. <laughs> now, do you ever think that she's like, you're thinking, she seems understanding, but... It's like, I, I'm not here to be asking for stuff. She's getting the money. Like, do you ever think maybe it's too good of a deal? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we doing today? It's simple. This is where Maddie Holt shines. And Fez and I, when he was on the couch, you, sh you should have just got a 357 Magnum or a th I, what were they called? 357s you used to get at the 7-Eleven as kids. They were caffeine pills. You could have taken a couple caffeine pills and stayed up the night and had a boatload of new stuff. <laughs> but I'm assuming not. So did you finish Cobra, Cobra Kai at least? Seven episodes. So we don't want to give this away. I guess we could, but I don't want to. There's a character that shows up at a given point that's a big surprise. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen that. And this would be one that there'd be a type of attraction to. Yes, and I it's anticipated. So, so you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you well the the whole they've been in they've been It's been said. Yes. So if you know Cobra Kai, you know this. Yes. Okay, so it's Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, yeah. So w which was the girlfriend interest in the first movie. Yes. That I tell you the first Karate Kid is a good movie. You've seen that. That's yeah. a little different generation. I watched the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. We just haven't started the third yet. Everyone's raving about the third. Yeah, I just haven't got there yet. I haven't even seen the first two, but I it's like a perfect show for me. I just haven't, you know, for whatever reason. But I haven't even seen The Queen's Gambit, which I love that kind of stuff. Have you seen that yet, Fez? No. Well, next time you're on the couch, I think jump on the... There you go. That's, that's my advice. All right, so Maddie's going to give his stuff. We're going to give our... We're going to augment with some new stuff. And then we got two stories to tell, and they both involve Fez, and you're not going to want to miss those. All right, let's go rotation order. We got Mr. Bill, <laughs> the Vig, but the Bill is only six, some would say, against the Colts. What do you think? A couple of things. I think there's a little bit too much made of the Stefan Diggs injury. It's, I think everything I'm hearing is that he's fine. He did take a big hit in the third quarter of last game, and um, you know he was listed as questionable earlier in the week. He's now officially probable. Cole Beasley, on the other hand, still probably actually legitimate questionable whether he's going to be back or not. So Beasley's role, how would you characterize it? Um, Julian Edelman. 
possession receiver. Yep, good. A good possession receiver. Catches the football, runs after the catch. Uh, reliable so guy. Is taking the top off. Yeah. And where's John Brown in the mix? Well, John Brown's had to ease back in a little bit. I think, you know, he had a more prominent role before the injury, but post-injury, John Brown feels like he's clearly a number three now and not the clear number two that he was when he started the season. I've heard people reference John Brown. So you're saying he was number two. So who's – they go four wide receivers sometimes, right? Who's the fourth receiver? Can you remember? No. Okay, because I just remember someone making a big point about saying when John Brown's there, they go for receiver a lot more, and that mm. it's really hard for teams to stop. Yeah, and John Brown's got speed. He, op- I mean, Diggs has some big gains, but a lot of times he gets them on shorter, over-the-middle catches that open up and then, you know, yards after catch. Yes. You know, if we spent time on all the bets I took you on this year, Fez, we wouldn't have time for anything else. But I think we should take a moment because you did get Maddie sucked into it and talk about – the uh, Antonio Brown versus Little Scotty, Little Scotty, Little Miller. Scotty Miller. So yeah, the bet was when AB got um, acquired by Tampa Bay. Who's, so, so Mackenzie, be getting the final numbers for me as we do this. Yep. Who is going to have more catches the rest of the season, Antonio Brown or Scotty Miller? And Scotty Miller at the time led Tampa Bay in reception yards. Well, so I, so you're thinking because. Remember this. I'm like, well, Brown's going to be great. You go, I got a proposition bet for you, Randy. Oh, RJ. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, um, what is it? You get Antonio Brown and I take Scotty Miller. And I say, who? He said, exactly. And then I'm like waiting. And he didn't even let me say yes or no. He goes, I'll give you plus 150. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Usually he'll let me say no, and, and then I'm still worried. But the fact he was so anxious, like, it's like, has it already, the season already ended? And I didn't know it, like, past post. So I took it. How's the numbers, Mackenzie? One second. I, I can tell you amazingly. What's he having, like, a smorgasbord? AB a- has more catches than Scotty Miller. Not for the time that AB's been there, but for the season. <laughs> So you looked at these numbers to find different ways. It was like 61 to 52. So even if I had bet, think about the odds I would have laid. It was the leading That's receiver. That's actually a good point. Holy shit. Now, Matt, I, I, if of the, I don't think I'd want to bet against you two very often because I think Fez's flaws you're going to catch. What, what were you thinking on this one? I don't know. He just had me sucked in. <laughs> Little Scotty? Here's the thing. I just thought AB would work himself out of the lineup in two. Oh, weeks. you figured he'd get thrown off the team. Yeah. So if I if we would have known he was finishing the year. Oh, would... I don't want it. I okay. just figured, yeah, he'll two weeks he'll you find a way to like get that, himself you, kicked Fed? out. I've just too much hard knocks watching A B B A B and thinking that he was just gonna flame out again. Yeah. I mean, the reality is if you actually think about it, and maybe I'm missing some of it, but like, when they were doing the hard knocks, it really, I mean, you could say, oh, he burned his foot in ice. It's like, that's, anyone could do it. It's not like he was doing crazy, jumping off of buildings. Or, no, he was jumping off buildings. Yeah. He was, like, mentally unstable yeah. on that Except, show. But that's the question is, like, again, I'm not saying I saw every, I think I did see every second. The Raiders was not this year, but last year, right? So yeah. what was the things he was doing? Now, I know after the fact there was the incident with the, 
there was a car outside his house, and let's call that one. And correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm wrong about all this, but the stuff with the sexual assault allegation, like that, there's never even been a prosecution. Like the authorities haven't even taken up those. Well, cases. those are hard to prosecute. I mean, wow. we can't say it just didn't happen. We just, no, we but don't know anything. Country, but in this country, if I mean, we could say that about anything, yeah, right? Sure. So, like, you had a lot of wild nights in the service, I'm guessing, that who knows if for some crime they didn't prosecute. Now, that's not fair to you. So, otherwise, what's been the crazy— I was just thinking about the Mayock, you know, tumult that he was having with his interaction back with the Raiders. and What, like, what does that even mean, the Mayock? Like, remember when he got released from the Raiders and no, he was running around in his backyard like a crazy man? Grandma, I got released. And, like, this guy, just, he didn't act like a guy who really wanted to play on a team. That could have been a TikTok video, and you wouldn't have thought anything of it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean— I don't want, watch TikTok videos, <laughs> but I guess if I did, I, it would have seemed normal. So, I mean, I, listen, obviously the guy's a little off. The question is, you know, when he got cut from the Patriots, you know, I don't know. So, anyway, the final numbers, Antonio Brown had 45 catches and little Scotty Miller had 87 yards, <laughs> but 12 catches. If I would have said that if you double my catches, there will be more yards than Scotty Miller <laughs> – what kind of odds would you have given? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> All right. But luckily for you guys, that was only 100 bucks, paying 150 But it's given me thousands of joy just laughing. <laughs> and, and every time Scotty Miller catches his one pass for the game. Oh, man. Well, he, he, only, he must have had a lot of catches recently because like, two weeks ago he had two catches. Yeah. So he surged. <laughs> he almost had a catch last game. He was wide open in the end zone. Tom Brady threw it to him. But – Antonio Brown swooped in and counted. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Brown's looking good though, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean huge big game last week. Faz, can you can you think of anyone that maybe predicted this? Well, you <laughs> talking about Brady wouldn't have brought him in to uh his home if it wasn't if he didn't have every confidence of well, how well he I, I think he was he was invested at yes. minimum. And number two, and I think this is a valid point, Pro Football Focus has done good work with this. And, Matt, we were talking about the whole passer, can you pass, can you defend the pass. This is kind of a variation of that, which is at each position group, there's a key ranking that matters the most. So, like, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but, like, in linemen, it's the third lineman that matters. Because you can protect two weak ones, you can't protect three weak ones, right, is the theory. Mm. So at every position group, there's a, like, this is the guy that is the high leverage, you know, like, cornerback. And here's the thing. No one has three good cornerbacks. So if you've got three good receivers, how do you stop them, right? I mean, you just can't. And then if you add Gronk, you know, even though he's not, you know, in every play— I think that third wide, I mean, you thought, oh, they're heavy at receiver. It doesn't matter. But that's the thing. All those receivers are on the field at the same time. <laughs> and clearly, this has been an upgrade versus little Scotty Miller. Okay. I don't even remember. How did we get into the Tampa Bay? We were talking Bills and Colts. I don't know. But let's get back to Bill. Oh, we were talking about our batting, and then we went, okay. So, Matt, let me ask you this question. 
you were down on the Bills like in week 10, 11, 12. Like it was like you got sour on him. You're like the defense is bad. Like was it just defensive injuries? Or like because let's be candid, they started hot, they had a lull, and then that, now they're hotter than ever. What do you think was driving it? The lull. I think some of it was poor scheduling. You know, they had that COVID rearranged schedules that were really poor and injuries to the secondary. But now Tredavious White, who's their Pro Bowl defensive back, he's been healthy. The, they got their shot down. Like he'll, he'll yeah. take one and okay. And they got the rest of their secondary back. So now you have a healthy secondary, so you can allow those guys up front to just get after it uh, because you could trust the secondary on a back in the back to be on an island. And Josh Allen's playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Uh, what, if, if, you, if I wanted to get a, a sense of the Bills' true defense, what week would you start? We, maybe week 12 for four Yeah, weeks? like 11 or 12. Let's do 11. Give me the uh, mean for 11 through 17 uh, and compare it to the season and give me a ranking on the defense. We'll do. And f- we'll talk in football outsiders. All right, I just want to get a feel. So if you had to guess right now, how what's the Bills' defensive ranking in the league? Uh, for the whole season or just from the way week they're to playing, The way they're playing right now, how, where would you put it? Uh, probably like five. The fifth best defense in the NFL? Yeah, five or six. Okay, and where's the offense? Oh, like two. Okay, so no one can be, So if you just say add up those two numbers and the lowest number wins... Who's the second lowest number? Uh, New Orleans, probably. And what do you? And it's we we figure that it was seven, right? Yeah. So or that was Drew Brees. Yeah. So, but I think the offense, like, well, what does football outsiders say for New Orleans? Seventh for offense, oh, okay. second for defense. So that's nine. And now, obviously, but we only have to count playoff teams now, so then it gets weird, right? So if we're saying out of 32 still, or are we saying out of 14? I think out of 32 because, you, I mean, Tennessee has the worst defense, right? Or yeah. One of the worst in the league. I think Buffalo probably has, like, eighth best defense out of 32 and number two offense. So I give them a 10. So I think they're right there with New Orleans. And what's Kansas City's numbers in this regard? Number one on offense. Two on offense, 22 on defense. I bet Green Bay is first, right? On offense? Yeah, and Aaron Schatz actually came out and said, even without that week 17, Green Bay passed um, Kansas City before Week 17. When they sat Mahomes? Yeah. Okay. I don't, you know, we'll talk about this next week when it's Kansas City. I don't understand how there's this unequivocal love still. I mean, meaning I get they're one of the best teams, but, Fez, I mean, you're not dumb. You just took a bet uh, not that long. I mean, like, it's been, what, a week that you took the bet – I got two teams and plus 135. Yeah, I, I got lazy. I looked at the futures odds and I saw, oh, Kansas City is plus what I'm 180. Is why, I'm saying, what is the – I don't understand. I listen to all these wonks talking analytics, and they all are like – some of them – I think I've said this once. I love a couple of the pods over at PFF. Like, just this year, I've just become a fan. Not only the content, but the uh, – you know the delivery it's good i their main pod is one of the best nfl pods out there the gambling pod i don't like as much i like it though um they were saying even if kansas city had lost who did they play in week 16 they almost lost i can't remember atlanta oh was it atlanta okay yeah. they said that yeah, even if they would have lost atlanta i wouldn't have downgraded them 
So it's like there's nothing this team can do to get downgraded. Why? What team has ever been like that? Like, I, I don't understand it. I, Mahomes I, has everyone hypnotized. Yeah, I can understand if they slept, walked through, and won by nine and didn't cover as opposed to needing a missed field goal there, to avoid this overtime. This is what they say. They'll say, but what, did, what would we have really learned? Do we think that Mahomes isn't the best quarterback? Do we think? So it's like that's their, their tact. I mean, the last time this team won a game by more than six points was like week seven against the Jets. Jets. The Jets. I mean, the, what is it? Eight? eight so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games since they won a game by more than six points. Nine. If you had needed a new kidney and you had to make a bet, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Bills. So you wouldn't care about the odds? You you think the Bills are the true favorite? Like I'm riding that horse that I got on before the season through the finish line here. That's my derby horse. What's funny is you created an environment. This is smart. Like radio, they, they write books about how to do this is like if you hedge yourself out, you can create an environment where you can't win, where like in the public's mind you were wrong. And then if you do it another way, you can do it where it feels like you win regardless, right? So Colin's really good at this. Like Baker Mayfield, he's been negative Mayfield, but he said the Browns are going to make the playoffs this year. So what happens when they make it, he, he looks like he – but if they didn't make it, he'd go, you know, Mayfield's so bad, he could, and he can't lose, right? But you never want to get off of your main position. Like whatever your hardest take is, this is radio stuff, you don't want to get off that. Unless, I mean, again, if you legitimately feel differently, you got to, at least I do because there's money at stake. But – you're saying, screw it. If the Bills win, I'm going to look like a genius because you did bet them a 30 to 1. If I start hedging now, what do you gain? You don't get So go through the finish line. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the horse all the way to the end of the race. Let me ask you a question. You've been doing pods with Maddie for a while. Are you anxious to be like being exposed for six dimes to his bets? I was back in. <laughs> When he took Buffalo before that defense started kicking butt, you know, along with Josh Allen. Here's a serious question. If you hadn't discovered the next-gen stats and saw Allen's accuracy issues that you could quantify, would you have taken that bet? Because well, it I, seems like it was a bet against Josh Allen for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I had scrutinized the next-gen stats the, you know, this year, I no, just, no, no, no. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying we, you discovered those next gen. Yeah, stats. this was preseason. Yeah, at you the were end like of last oh, year. Yes. Yeah. Then you had a, in your mind it stuck in there. Guys, Josh Allen's inaccurate, inaccurate. It's yeah. gonna show up exactly. Yeah, yeah that was that was my well, mantra. Not show up. It's like listen. he was happy to take it. He's like two hundred, no problem. What else you want? Like, well, maybe a little <laughs> hey, more. Do you need anything else? <laughs> yeah. It's like when uh, Walter White got a gun sold to him once. The guy opens up a suitcase, got like nineteen guns. You need anything else? Need some dynamite? <laughs> oh, you're in a bad spot now, dude. What Who do you the think heck is Walter White? Oh, from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. What, what do you think is the um, true odds for the Bills to win the title or win the Super Bowl? Six to one. Five. I was thinking 14%. So, you, I mean, let's think. How, so, you've got 6,000. So, you effectively have like $1,000 of loss right now. Well, not that, not that bad because. big. Because I'm going to get to it. So I think it's only 800. Yeah, <laughs> right, so somewhere around there. So if there was like a stock ticker, 
your bat would be up eight hundred dollars. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Cofield's been there before, and he wound up with the with the L. You will too. Now, would you sell out for the eight hundred? If he if he if he'd peel you off eight right now. Uh, I'd sell out. Ooh. Now don't hedge like two hundred dollars. See, I just taught you the radio guy. You can't. You shouldn't even be. You should say no free. I wouldn't do it for sixteen hundred. Let's try. We don't ever start. You know, we, we won't change. But let's try. Let's do All it. Right. Maddie, now listen, a lot of people would be tempted by this. If Fez would give you 800 right now, would you let him buy out of the bat? No. <laughs> <laughs> what was great is the way he did a deadpan. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right, Fez. I got to feel Fez. Fez is just lucky. There, he, there's a certain something about his. You, lay, you laid like 13 and a half on an alternative line and lost by half a point on a bet that was like plus 400 well, but, or something. But remember... That was when Houston, when Deshaun Watson had to take the bus to the game because he had a broken rib right. or whatever was broken, and they were up 20 to 3 with like two minutes yeah. left. I mean, I was going to win like, I think it was like over 2,000 yeah. bucks because I, I really thought it was a high variance game. <laughs> uh, all right, Colts. My take on the Colts is fairly simple. There was a lot of talk early in the year that their offense. Or I'm sorry, that their defense was one of the best, and statistically it was. Over certain spans at the end of the year, they were in the bottom five of the league on defense. Offensively, they've been hit or miss. I think the key issue is does Phillip Rivers get protection? If so, he throws well. He's kind of like an old Baker Mayfield. But if he gets pressure, he's in trouble. What do you think of the matchup? Yeah, I think this game's correlated for me a little bit. Between what and what? And that if you like Indy, you have to kind of like the under. Because the one thing that's worked for Indianapolis offense the end of the year is the running of Jonathan Taylor. He's been amazing. And Buffalo hasn't been the best at stopping the run. So if they can control the ball, run the ball a little bit, Indy, then I do think that they're going to be able to hang in it. But if this thing turns into a shootout and Phillip Rivers has to throw the ball 48 times... Buffalo is going to beat them by three touchdowns. I actually was thinking opposite. So you're saying a Bill Parcells against the Bills Giants type Super Bowl where you just have a bunch of eight-minute drives if you're the Colts and you keep the ball out of Josh Allen's yeah. hand, even though he's inaccurate. Oh, wait, that was before. But <laughs> I was thinking the Bills get their points anyway, and the question is do the Colts keep up? So you're thinking Bill's thirty-one circle. That's yeah, pretty thinking, much what's yeah, going to happen. That, but but I, if they get less possession, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I hadn't really thought because teams don't really pull that off any. Or let's just say it's a rare thing to pull off. But Indianapolis was successfully running the ball at the end of the year. That's how they were winning two, games. Two hundred fifty yards, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So you, we're going to force you to have one like on just one on a side. So is this your like? Uh, no. Okay. And would you, though, have a Each day or just the whole six? Whole six. Okay. Give me yeah, one. Do you have a clear lean, though, on this, on the side? Uh, I like the Bills. So you do. It did, oh, listen, this thing opened seven, right? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, the market was thinking, or not the market, but the, uh, you know, the openers was like, hey, we're afraid of a bunch of Bills money. But, Fez, we talked about this yesterday. We'll do it quick. Power ratings say about four and a half, right? Exactly. So, so you're paying the tax. right? I was telling him, I think the Bills winning with their back. I think they get, Bills gain more respect in week 17 than they have in any other week. 
Yeah, because winning. Winning with their back. Well, not just winning, but hanging 50 on my On a team that needed to win to make the playoffs. Yeah. That was a hell of a statement. All right. Game number two. The L.A. Rams against the Seahawks. Now, this line was three and a half yesterday. It dropped to three. A lot of good Rams or positive Rams news. Whitworth, left tackle, back. And um, who was the receiver? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Missed and, week 17. Yeah. Was that Co- I think that was COVID, COVID right? right? And then um, Jared Goff looks, at least the reports are he's looking better. So that led to the downtick. What do you got? I actually think while everybody's talking about the positive Rams news today, and don't get me wrong, those are all positive. The, the Seahawks are the team also getting positive news today. Safety Jamal Adams, who they gave up a lot to get. He's uh, officially listed as probable now. Greg Olson, officially probable. The so, big. So let me ask you a question. I would say Adams finding his role has been one of the keys to the Seattle defense improvement. Agreed. Okay. And then on top of it, and so thus him being healthy and ready to go this week is really important. Add in that both offensive linemen that were hurt, Mike Uapati and um, Brandon Shell, both officially listed as probable. We're not speculating here. Carlos Hyde officially listed as probable. Greg Olson, the tight end. So I thought Seattle also got a lot of positive news today. Some the- stuff that was expected, but it went from 80% to yeah, 95 They were both yes. expected on but both no, no, sides. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that's important because people will look at those 80 percenters and ignore them, but there's risk. That's right. right? But they only reacted to the 80 percenters that, that went on the Rams side, which was is two Whitworth players. Was Whitworth 80%? Yeah, I thought they all were. They were they were all expected to play. I never heard one hmm. single story about he's not going to play I did hear week. the goal was the playoffs. I didn't know if it would be you know, week one. But, but let's, let's face it, if Whitworth, I mean, the Rams needed to win week 17 and he didn't play, so... I, I didn't think but there's it was a certain, slam dunk. There's certain injuries, though, that get that have an eight-week timetable yeah. where other, like, soft tissue, sometimes right. you don't. I mean, I've had, again, I'm not a professional athlete. I've hurt my ankle where it's worse in two days, like, three days later. And it doesn't make a ton of sense, but I guess, you know. And I'm talking about a weekend where they, I get the whole swelling part or whatever. Maybe you just sleep on it wrong. And, again, I think in general these athletes are at the highest level of fitness. Get the best medical best treatment. Medical, concierge level medical yeah. treatment. So, th- to me, I, I, I think, Fez, is your concept is generally a good one, is if the guy couldn't play seven days or six days ago, how good could he – how bad could he be? Right. I do think some injuries are better than others in that re- – or, or more aligned with that than others. Okay, so does that mean you lean Seahawks? I do. At this point, now that it now that it's back to three. And look, originally my fear in this game was, hey, man, they, these two teams just played a few weeks ago. It's basically the same teams, and the line was one and a half. Why would I even want to lay three? But now with a hurt Jared Goff, my thought is Russell Wilson. I mean, at the end of the, the – someone has to go win this game. And do I want it to be Wofford or Jared Goff or Russell Wilson – I want Russell Wilson in. At three, I'm okay with it. At three and a half, I certainly was hesitant because of what the spread was a few weeks ago. But I think at three, Seattle's my lean. A lot of injury talk. We'll get our Tecmo theme music out for the. This was the theme music when someone would get hurt in Tecmo. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh huh. All right, Fez. Any new thoughts on this game? You know, I've shared. The lean here on Seattle, the idea that if I had 100% Goff, 
I'd make this game one and a half. Seattle minus one and a half. And the fact why that, are we acting like that line a couple weeks ago is is, is gold? I mean, are we sure hmm? that's the by right the line? way? Seattle covered that number pretty easy. Yeah, so they went twenty to nine. So I think that's a good no, but point. Correct me if I'm wrong. That game went down to the what? Yeah, like, Seattle got the last McKenzie, score. What was our win split in that game? One second, pull that up. So we're, we'll we'll get the math behind this. But go ahead. But certainly we can't make the case that that line was too low. All right. So I we're, think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so Goff has a thumb surgery. End of December, and I'm like, like we were like, what, well, what can we estimate if he if he plays? What's the impact of that going to be? You know, I know it's into the key number of three, but at a minimum, you know, I, I used a point in three quarters, like, and I think it could be more. You know, you're saying even if he plays, you're going to downgrade a point in three quarters, uh, thinking that him being less than 100. percent Well, that's at a minimum. It might be more, but you don't know before the game. I don't know. So you you're picking the point. 1.75. I actually think I would pick probably more like two and a quarter as my. So why did you say 1.75? I said because I said at a minimum. I think that's like the best case <laughs> why scenario. Why would you just give the best number? You're right. I'll get two and a quarter. Two and a quarter is my best estimate of his downgrade. You know what's funny? I'm working on a new voice thing where it it generates voice so you can have it say anything. Which once I perfect this, it's going to be awesome. I've got a a, a British woman saying right now. Um, Steve Fezzik has so many numbers, and they're so confusing. I'm almost done with it. I would have played that right now. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Yeah, well, true enough. Okay, next game. So this is a lean for you on Seattle. Yep. All right, so you got f- f- uh, four games left for his best bet. Tampa Bay. Now, I don't know if you know this. Fez had his Barney at the bar. Uh parlay the bills because they look good that's a good recap right yeah they look real good real 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 good real see that fourth quarter backup smoked miami (laughs) exactly Uh. and then tampa bay because washington sucks (laughs) 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 so is that a like or a lead it's washington's offense that sucks Okay. You know, the more I look at this game, I want to just play the Washington team total under 17 and a half. That's the bet I want to make. That's interesting. 17 and a half, right at a nice above a key number. Yes. What do you think of that? I don't know, because even at the end of the game, it's the playoffs. You have to assume they're going to be trying to score. If anything, they keep trying. That's a good. That's that, right. Yeah, they keep trying. Point. So I don't like playing low team totals under in the playoffs. Or any total under, right? Yeah. But especially a team that you expect to be down late, that's a great point. How much? How much? How many more points should Washington get because they'd be trying down twenty-one harder than if it was the regular season? Yeah, it's it's, it's a, really a strong good. point. Yeah. yeah, but I think in general have about half that effect for the total because, but in a game where it's likely there in any game in which you your team total looks good is probably the Redskins are down. So the fact that, that that they'd be fighting hard there, that's good. Huh. I never thought of that. All what right. was the game the Redskins lost 10 to 30? Was the, that against Redskins, the Rams? Oh. Don't dead name, please. The Washington football team, like, they didn't even try in that game to score. At Which the game? end, they, there's a game they lost 10 to 30. Rams game? Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. happen in the playoffs. That's exactly, what, yeah. yeah. He's using, he's yeah. making your point. He's saying, right. That, all right, so what else you got on the game? 
I'm just nervous about this game because everyone wants to crap on the team with a losing record in the playoffs. But if we look at the last two, Seattle and Carolina, didn't they both win a game? So yeah, absolutely. Well, one was the beast mode. Yeah, and and I think this is like the. You know, there's a trend in college football, which is if the BCS, when it was the BCS, um, and then it's moved into the college playoffs, the underdogs really play hard because they hear all week, you know, or not all week, all month usually, about how they're the underdog. They're the, I think that these teams, even at, we've talked so much uh, as a society about how bad the NFC East is and like bemoaning that one of these teams is going to make the playoffs. So there's like a residual from the whole season stink on Washington. Not only do I think that makes the line diva or they lose luster, obviously, and the line goes against the Redskins. But I also think it's a situation that now they're taking that all personally and the whole week's BS they're get, or, or crap they're getting. So I, I think the market goes one way and the team's motivated. And, and everything about this Washington football team screams overcoming adversity. The coach battling cancer, the quarterback coming back from the worst leg injury ever. These guys just scream, we're not supposed to be here, but we don't care. We're going to fight till the end. Alex Smith had to fight to get back on the field. Uh, coach Ron Rivera is still fighting to beat cancer. These guys are just fighters whether you like them or not and whether they're good or not what is there not to like yeah i don't i mean i guess it's the the owner people don't like snyder yeah he he does have a bad history but at the end of the day i and look that interior defense how do you get how do you you know get tom brady into bad spots you put pressure on him. absolutely i mean that's the formula right so i mean they certainly can accomplish that as well as any defensive line in football so i just look i don't love the Washington football team here, but my lean is definitely to Washington. I, I do think this is correlated. If you bet Washington, I think you got to parlay to under because I just don't see Washington winning with their offense. But I could certainly see them holding Tampa Bay down to 20 points. All right, so Alex Smith has won five straight starts. He's only started six games. The sixth in the first game was against the Lions. He put up, I think, 32 and law at 35-32, I think the final was. Detroit putting up some points. So if you Mackenzie, pull up those uh if you go to Pro Football Reference, you'll see the games he started under his uh, Alex Smith. Yep. If you I'm just going by memory because I looked at this yesterday. I think the average number of points for them was like 20 or maybe 19. But they won all games. So they've been win- Like I think the game plan, is, it's back to that idea we were talking about straight, on Ve- straight out of Vegas, is if the Rams are conservative with a backup, maybe they're better, right? Because I want a low-variance game. I think that with Alex Smith, they've been playing a low-variance game. Yeah. yeah. Which means if Washington covers, the under looks good. And those two picks last game weren't really his fault. One of them literally bounced off a player into the other player's hand, and then the other one, his receiver fell down. So here's the starts. So game started. We got the dots. So um, I guess it was 30-27 against Detroit. Then it was 20-9. They won against Cincy. Uh, they did get to 41 on Thanksgiving. So the, the average is going to be above 20. But then it was 23 against uh, Pittsburgh, 23 against San Francisco, and 20 against Philly. So, I mean – Lower than average, even when they're winning. And those points were better 
what they scored on the scoreboard versus what you would expect just looking at pure yardage numbers in those games, especially the you San Francisco. you have the yardage memorized in all those games? Well, I, I know in the San Francisco game there was two but scores. But we just went over five games. The so. last the last two, I can tell you the, both the, the Philly and the San Francisco games, they, the scoreboard was much kinder than the overall numbers. Okay. Same in Dallas. That's an interesting point. I mean, that's the way to say it. Is and specifically in that 49ers game, it was one of the worst offensive performances you're going to see with a team scoring 20 or whatever. Uh, what was it? It was uh, 19 points. Not saying over the course of the whole five right. games um, or six games. So, is this a situation that we would bet on that even if we thought Washington was 50 percent? If the correlation was sufficient, don't we play Washington and under? Yes. So I think that's a play. Is there a uh, re- you don't think? Uh, I the only thing that worries me about Washington again is, you know, if it's twenty four to to or if it's twenty seven to ten, and so you're oh you're at thirty seven, they they're gonna keep trying to score, and then they get that last touch. But, but, but we're still not gonna cover. But remember now, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess in that we case, make it a forty five or forty four and a half. Like in the scenario that these things would matter, it feels like we can really isolate. Hey, Washington D's playing well. Yeah, and their offense isn't rolling, which we don't expect it to anyway. I like it. And I got a a Tom Brady team that just got to play Atlanta twice. Minnesota and Detroit. So a little bit inflated the perception, I believe, of Tampa Bay and their offense. Hold on a second. What, what are we making Atlanta out to be? Average. So why playing an average team is like saying, and guess what? In the last three weeks, in two of the games, they played an average team. All right. They get to play Minnesota and Detroit and an average team twice. But the last wh- four. where's Minnesota? Well below average. Really? Yeah, they really fell off the cliff defensively. Well, I mean, if we look at the power ratings that, that we went through at length yesterday, Fez, what, what do you have Washington on the season? Oh, I'm sorry, check that. What do you have Minnesota on the season? 20th. Okay. So the, that's, let me see, 16 is the middle, right? 17, 18, 19, 20. So four slots is well, well below average. No, I'm saying their defense, the way the Minnesota defense was playing at the end of the year was really in the bottom quartile. Okay, and you're saying what looked good was Tampa Bay's offense. Yes. But do we really question Tampa Bay's offense? Like, is that like a big question? Like, I think they're really secretly not very good. No, I think that their offense is, is solid. It's very it, – it, the question is, is it good or is it very good? What's the football outsider say? Wow, they have them second. I'm sorry, excuse me, third. Second overall, third offensively. It's very different than your thoughts. Yeah. What do you think? Hmm. I don't want to go against that. Maybe that makes say, me F you Aaron Schatz. Just cuss him out right now. Like, what do you know? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and do that. I got a lot of respect for Aaron's work. <laughs> uh, that's all what, what you say in private. Come on. Right. No, I'm joking. He doesn't say anything about him. Now listen, Fez. You've got your own board. I can't control what you press right now in reference. I, I mean. Dude, why would you do that to Aaron Schott? I mean, you could make a case he was a pioneer in this industry. Absolutely. With analytics. What do you think of that, Matt? You might do business with him one day. You're letting him badmouth Aaron Schott? 
I don't know about this guy anymore. Uh, <laughs> complains, his well, limits are too wait low. Wait until you get your Buffalo get money before you complain too much. <laughs> the funny thing is that for a guy that thinks Tampa Bay's offenses, are they average or a little above? What's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, their offense is good. I just think that this <laughs> matchup, Washington. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I hear. they might be able to get pressure on Brady. Oh, I think they probably will, right? Now, here's my point I made yesterday that I think fits in and closes this up. Brady doesn't want to take hits. They don't want him taking hits. If they feel like they got this game, a good game plan, they're going to have a real good chance to win. Do they start conservative? Meaning not a lot of deep drops, maybe more running, saying let's just win this thing 17-7 to 7 and get out of here. And if they get a lead, I know they're going to slow it because they don't want him taking hits on third down no. to extend a lead. So I think that the, that the game scenarios lend themselves to conservativeness from Tampa if they get a lead. And they do have Rojo back there, number one back. So Leonard Fournette, that offense has just struggled when he was the lead back. So having Ronald Jones. And it's funny. Now, he, last year was his best year of his career. Yeah. It's, it's, that, mm. it's odd. All right, so when, last thing on this, Washington splits, McKenzie gives us. When Smith has been the starting QB, 5-1, and one, 26 points per game. Without Smith, 2-8, and eight, 17 points per game. I'm going to do this in my mind. That's, a, that's nine points different. So here's the question, and we're going to have a couple of them throughout the show. There's two in this game. Should we just look at the Washington team with Alex Smith and how and is that team maybe the ninth best team in football? If they would have started five and one and, and scoring 26 points a game with that defense, where are they ranked? Eighth. Yeah. So why would we count the Haskins? I'm not saying I, that's my position fully, but I'm saying it, I think it's a valid thought. Yeah, it, it, it is. Well, your Tampa parlay isn't looking so good. Uh, with with the Bills. <laughs> I was trying, trying to think what the uh, the context was. I was <laughs> with the what parlay. You, what's so. the context? I've, well, I've been talking about how you all had I said was the, the Huey Lewis parlay. All I said was that the Washington was going to struggle to score. I, no, I no, never no. bet on Tampa. I never gave out Tampa as a best bet or that I no. like Tampa. That's why it's a parlay. It's like a little fun bet that you had an opinion on. Are you? Do you really want us to pull the tape? Yes. <laughs> yes. I never gave out Tampa. Well, here's what we're going to do. I didn't say you gave out Tampa. What I'm saying is you had a clear preference for Tampa. You expressed a clear preference. No Fair. One Fair. Okay. Yep. And that's what I'm saying is valid. It is. All right. All right. Because Matty is the arbiter in this industry. We would have brought him in to assess this. Yes. And look, I have to be an independent third party, so I would have had to rule unbiasedly. <laughs> Which means I would have won. Okay. Last question, and it's two in one game. How much do we care? How much do we account for the Tom Brady bedtime narrative? In night games, he's been markedly worse. He goes to bed before these games even are over. Not those nights, but most nights. Baz, what do you got? I don't think we can ignore it. it. It's been so disparate, you know, this year. And especially Washington is not exactly a premier football team, but that defense, and that's the half that Brady has to face, But that, I'm not, that's daunting. I, this has nothing to do with who he's playing. Is Tom Brady 
I think it's real. Okay, explain why. And, and I'll tell you, I thought it was real, and I, I want to give credit to the guy who I first saw, uh, you know, kind of release it in this, inf- you know, way back in that one Monday night game with Doug Kazarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to give Doug the credit here. At the time, I hadn't contemplated it, and then I did after. But I'm the same age as Tom Brady. And I used to stay up all hours, too, and could, you know, sleep three hours and be fine the next day at work. I could tell you that I need my routine is very set now in terms. Of, and when it when I get off that routine, I am not as effective in business meetings. I am not as articulate. I am not as sharp. I am not as crisp. I do believe it's real. Routines are real. And the older you get, the more those routines matter. Now, this is interesting because if the game was at midnight or something where someone in their 40s, you would say, this is more about, isn't it, that Brady goes to bed like at the same time a seven-year-old does, and thus it's helping him stay young, but it maybe hurts him in the night games. It does. I think yeah. it does hurt him in the So night you're games. saying that though the routine is abnormal that Brady has, the fact he has a routine. It's his routine. Okay. that's I get that. Okay. It's his routine, and anytime you get your body physically and your mind mentally get used to a steady, consistent routine at that age and you break it, there's going to be some. And, and your body just has less um, ability to fight off. You know, like, I'll give you an example. My best buddy, George, he could eat Doritos when we were kids, like, you know, college age for a week, had nothing but Doritos, not that he ever did this, and he'd wake up, he'd be, have bright-eyed, bushy t- Food didn't affect him at all. For me, when I eat, to this day, when I eat healthy, my energy's through the roof. I'm, yeah. When I don't eat healthy, I'm logy. I'm, some people are more affected by some things, you know, and as you get older, you're just affected by more. That's right. Like hangovers, you know, whatever. It's interesting. Now, this number's bigger than I've seen. Mackenzie, you did a good job here. Since last November, now obviously an arbitrary start point, just like DiMaggio streak, and games that start at night, and we're calling what? Five, is that Pacific? Seventeen hundred. So is that five o'clock, five o'clock Eastern yeah. or Pacific? I guess it's got to be uh, Pacific. You're talking, right? I'm just going by the database. I think it's five oh, okay, o'clock okay, local okay. time. Okay. All right. So either way, I guess there's no game that starts out to four thirty. That's not a night game. Yeah. So Okay. Um. One and six straight up, 0 oh and seven against the spread, and losing ATS margin 14 points per game. Yeah. So in seven games, 70, 98 points, they've fallen short of the line. Wow. That's big. New England never loses, also. Well, they lost last year in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the game was late. Well, I mean, they went four and four, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reason. Well, I'm not sure how many of those games it was, but either way, let's maybe go to a point that's significant. That's why the straight up isn't the issue. The ATS is going to count for all the givens, and they're off by 14 points a game. And that is just yeah. amazing. I mean, you see a minus 14, and you're I, like, you, have you seen it presented like that? That's that's strong. Yeah, I think it is strong. I mean, what I'm saying, it makes the case. I think. Yeah. All right. So maybe we play the Bucks yes, team I, I, total I, I, under. I, I got to be honest. Uh, I'm much more on the old Washington and under with RJ yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can ride that Tampa train solo, <laughs> my friend. You want uh, to book No, this? no. <laughs> but, sir, redeem yourself. No, dude. I don't want to book At this. current market. No. But you like Tampa? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. I'll I get... take plus 250 instead of plus 260 on the parlay. Hey, <laughs> hey, can you call Bar your buddy Barney and, uh. and see if he'll take it? <laughs> All right, next game. Good stuff, guys. We got three to go. Titans, Ravens. There's another question. Let's start with it. Lamar Jackson. He's 0-2 in playoff games. But if you go, and McKenzie, at my behest, did a little research on this, laid out for us. I think it was, what, 20-4, and four, but I don't have the sheet in front of me. Yeah, so when they're a three-point favorite or more. So in when it's been a game started by Lamar. Yeah, when Lamar's starting, 24-4 and four straight up. In every other scenario, he's 6-5 and five straight up as a starter. Okay, what's our ATS on those? Because obviously, if they're a big favorite, they're supposed to win. Now, 20-4, and four, it's 24-4. That's big. You're not supposed to win against. That's best team in the league. Yeah, right and, and I, with a weak schedule. So, uh, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I give it against an average. Yeah, okay. So it's, it'd be like 12 and four, and then you're going to win in that. You're still probably the number oh, geez, one you're seed. Win another ten of, games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, what's the ATS? I got to back out the Robert Griffin the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time. So it seems like Fez, and I mean, I, I was on this one last year. Even they like to beat up on. I mean, I don't care what you say. He smells. The Harbaugh's are bullies. They like to beat up. I mean, Michigan's the same thing. Rutgers, when yes. they got Rutgers down, they're going to beat the hell out of them. Maybe it's good football, but teams don't typically do this. And what we've seen here is Baltimore have an amazing run, pun intended. They've rushed for more yards in the last five weeks than any team in NFL history has over a five-week span. That was on ESPN today. Okay. So that's great. The strength of schedule has been horrendous or good for them, I guess, if a bad schedule is good. I've expected them to beat up on teams, and they have. So they're not horrible. But anyone thinks, oh, Baltimore's back. They had one tough game, not against a tough defense, but the Browns are a playoff team. They barely won the game. Yes. So I would make the case, maybe you upgrade Baltimore one and a half. If you're not counting the COVID returns that happened right around the beginning of this streak, if you're just saying the play on the field reevaluation leads me to think this, a point and a half over the whole span? It's difficult because it really depends who they're playing, right? I mean, if they play another, if they, but they're in the playoffs, Steve. I, exactly, and here's why I think my Baltimore they're not playing a bad team. This is why I think my Baltimore power rating is flawed. It's probably too high because That's they really should have two power ratings, right? If they're playing the Bengals, Baltimore's arguably the best team in, in the NFL. I, I think they are actually. Yeah. Who, who? If you had to have a team win by thirty against the Bengals, who? Oh, of course, it's Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know win. they're going to keep piling on. And I use the analogy. It's almost like when Army or Navy plays a team they're better than. There's no variance. They gained five, six yards per carry, and they score every drive. Okay, continue. You're talking about the scenario that's not the case. That's right, weird. but when they play a defense that but, can. But now we don't have a defense. But we, that's exactly. And that's why I think that's it, the in this, this is the weird scenario. They, get, they just got beat by Tennessee this year, and they got beat by Tennessee last, about a year ago. They, they, they did. But this Tennessee defense is absolutely really, really struggling. And I think Baltimore's oh, going to have great well, success. Hold on a second. How much worse is the defense now than it was when they played Baltimore? I would make the case it's not any worse. Oh, it's the same defense. That's what I'm saying. All right, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Let's look at the last three games. Give me an uh, average of Football Outsiders defensive ranking. 
for Tennessee, last three. Then I want to have the three games around the Baltimore game. So the game before it, the game after it, and the Baltimore game. That would be a fair assessment. How would they plan around that? I, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so what do we do? I don't think – I think it's about Lamar having trouble. I think it's – this isn't that the offense is so great against bad teams. It's that they keep trying to score. So I don't even think it's about offense or defense. It's about it might be a Browns-type game where it's 34 to 31. It might not, but they just can't – they don't. They underperform when it's a competitive game, it seems like. And this line tells us it's a competitive game. Sure. Right? You know, I, I can't help but think maybe we should just play – I don't know what Lamar Jackson's pass yards, if whether it's like 100. But, but listen, mm-hmm. we're not just trying to find a bet here. We're trying yeah. to – let's handicap the game first. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure after all your talk and what you're saying. So we give us the concise reiteration. Or not even read it. I don't want to get you repeating yourself. What the hell do you think of the Ravens? Because I've been kind of making fun of you for the ranking, and you fought it till now. Baltimore's offense has great success against bad defenses. Yeah, we got that part. Continue. So they're going to – I think Baltimore gets their points. Yes. Do you think Tennessee doesn't? I think that's the key question. Who has Tennessee not gotten their points against? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Where's Tennessee's? Uh, are they better or worse than Tampa Bay? Second. I, I guess the Packers they're, game for they're the fourth. Titans was the one so time. they're comparable to Tampa Bay. So they're either average or above, slightly above average. They're a top five offense. All right. Yeah. So three games around Baltimore, they would have had the 27th best D. Last three, it's been the 32nd. All right, so some adjustment. Again, I'm not sure it means much. Let me think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it felt like in week 16 they could have made more of a – or in week 17 they could have made more of a statement, right? Sure. I mean, that was just a track meet. Both No one could stop anyone at Houston. And, I mean, I was – I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson had a great year. Yeah, and if you have a bad defense and you play Deshaun Watson, you're going to get carved That's a good up. point. But I tell you this, if you look at the Jeff Sagarin recent numbers, which are very predictive, they have Houston as the 31st best team in football, like next to last. It doesn't really make a point here. It just was interesting how far they fall. Because they started – Well, that Bears game plays a big part in that. Yeah, and it should – yeah. Right. I loved them in that game. Fez had the Bears because it was going to be 48 degrees. <laughs> so, oh, you know what else I have? You know what else I have a, a woman saying with an accent? It says advisory or disclaimer: Steve Fezzik is not a medical a medical physician. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, he is not. He does not have a PhD in psychology. And additionally, he is not a meteorologist. <laughs> it's going to be. Great. <laughs> but I got one on the payroll. Oh, I'm sure you're not paying him much. I think you're probably I think you're probably being generous saying payroll. Yeah, I am. You got a Guatemalan meteorologist? <laughs> hey now. Don't dead nay. Oh wait, never mind. Um so Maddie, what's your lean in this one? Whew, I, I know the total's high, but I kinda still lean toward the over here. I just think that these two are going to fire it up. And uh, I, the one thing I do know in this matchup, which makes me either say it has to be Brown, I mean, it has to be Titans or over for me, 
is Tennessee scored on them in the playoffs last year when this Baltimore team was devastating. They hung 30 on them already this season. Why is Tennessee not going to hang 30-plus in this game at home? I don't see a scenario where they don't. I'm thinking about the game because one of the things we've been talking about before the show is we haven't wanted to introduce it just all at once is the idea of really you're making multiple you're you're handicapping one defense against the offense and vice versa that's i mean special teams is hard to hand i mean belichick against anthony lynn yes but otherwise so really what i'm saying is this i think tennessee gets their points yes me too so team total tennessee might be the answer in my opinion because then you get rid of the lamar question right and then to me Another way to get at that, though, this is kind of dumb, is I actually think you bet both of your games, you bet the over, and you bet Tennessee, but not a parlay, because I think it's very hard to lose both of those. Yeah. Because I think I could see Baltimore, I could see Tennessee getting 30 and Baltimore getting 40, but yeah. it's over, right? I don't see a scenario that that Baltimore covers and it goes under. Yeah, Baltimore wins 20 to 9. Yeah. That's not happening in this game. I can't advocate playing an over in this game, and here's why. I've got the number one rushing team in terms of rushing rate in Baltimore. They run the ball over 55% of the time. Tennessee is the number three team in terms of how much they like to run the ball over half the time. So both these teams can have great success on offense, barely punt, and we could still have a situation because that clock keeps running. There's just so few incomplete passes with more running plays that you could have great success for the offense and not get to 55. That was one of your best presentations and points of the year. That's a thoughtful, I'm not sure I agree, but I'm just saying in the broadcasting sense, that was excellent. Um, my question is, they both these teams have been scoring a ton of points. So it must be that running the ball this much is very effective and they score a bunch of points, even though the clock runs when they run. Or do you think there's going to be a compounding effect? Whereas because one team's running, the other team's running, and somehow, some way, I'm not even sure mathematically how, I guess it would be if it makes the other team not feel any urgency, maybe it deflates, you know, does it take the air out of the ball of the whole game and it plays like an old school game? Because otherwise, wouldn't all this Tennessee's points per game and Baltimore's kind of belie your point, kind of contradict it? It does. And they average 60 combined. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he's he's making a good point, which is sure. running the ball. So the only point I could see is if them both running somehow makes it two plus two equals five, like five But running. they both run so effectively, number one and number two in yards per rush in the league. Mm -hmm. And, and a key point also is that they're not running for like six yards on every down, what's happening is Derrick Henry's breaking 50-yard touchdown runs and Lamar Jackson's breaking dynamic over. runs as well. Saying. So that is... So he's kind of thinking through and invalidating your own point, right? Not invalid, but it's. I, I think it's an interesting one because I do think teams play off at you. When it, just think about it. A game will go the whole game with hardly any scoring. In the fourth quarter, they'll score four straight times. Yeah. Sometimes that's fatigue. But sometimes it's just the momentum of the game. It's the feel of the game. Yeah. And, and maybe this affect each of these teams affect each other. Well, let's think. We've it's got a big two, number. Like New England's number game. two in rushing but, prevalence. Well, let's do this. We got two matchups. What's, give me the final scores of the last two matchups. Last year's playoff and, and 30 to 24 this year. Overtime. All right. So 30 to 24. So it was 24 24, right? Okay, so 48. So I had to go under if it didn't go overtime, it was right? 54 this year. Oh, 48. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, and what was last year? Anyone got it? 
Actually, I don't know. Was it twenty eight twelve? Mackenzie? One second. Uh, January twenty eight. All right, so we'll get that. Twenty eight twelve exactly. Good job, Vince. Twenty eight twelve. That's interesting, isn't it? Now there was a boatload of offense for Baltimore, and then a lot of failures in the Reds. But side. that's what happens when you have a quarterback that struggles in the playoffs, yes. right? What, what is it? Is it nerves? Is it? I don't know. So maybe we could make the case if Lamar. If you don't like Lamar here, if you think there's something fundamentally wrong with him in these big games, then maybe the under is the way to look. Mm-hmm. You got two good coaches. Their defenses haven't played great, but you have two good defensive-minded coaches out there. And probably two offenses that want to keep the other team's offense on the sideline and would be more inclined to try to have we long got drives. two games and both effectively have gone under if you don't count over are we even sure that other one went over like what was the total it's 50 and a half yeah went okay. over in overtime all right so, so, so now that's interesting that this totals four points higher than what that total was now that is interesting because i mean that's given baltimore a lot of credit and it, i guess maybe it's somewhat acknowledging uh, Tennessee's a little bit worse on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, pl- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously playoff totals tend to go down. Yes. All right. So my takeaway here is, of all the things I don't have questions about, it, Tennessee scoring. So I kind of like Tennessee. And, again, we'll see. But I also think that you you can't handicap this game without deciding is Lamar, Lamar, overall or is this is playoff lamar because that swings everything i think yeah all right next game all right the penultimate game so we're gonna get maddie holt's pick here at some point it's the bears plus 10 oh i think i might know the bears plus 10 against sean payton's saints by the way i've got two adages when it comes to the nfl one is don't bet against belichick life's too short don't bet against sean payton you know, Fez is. Yeah, but you also had don't bet against uh, the Minnesota coach this and, year. And too. I'm going to hold that. I, I don't bet against Zimmer either. It, and the fact that he had a couple of. Listen, but you don't think Belichick ever loses? Over the long run, these guys win more than they lose. Well, Zimmer 62%. Belichick, think how well you would have done just like cherry picking Belichick when he goes like, you know, in his rare two and three run, you know, against the spread over the course of the New England, you know, 20 year dominance. But how would we have done better betting Belichick when he went two and three? Well, I'm saying don't jump off the bandwagon because of a short oh, sample. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, maybe Zimmer, you know, what's funny, Zimmer's a coach that smart analytics people don't tend to like. They think he's too defensive minded. So I don't know. I just know the guy covers like I'm a fiend. What do you got in the game? I like the Bears here, and I like teams Is that. Is your best bet? Yeah. When they've made a fundamental change, and that change works. And I know, again, look, the the last five games schedule wasn't so great for the Chicago Bears, but the results were. And the change was, hey, we're going to bring back Mitchell Trubisky because Foles was hurt and, and ineffective. And we're not only going to bring him back, but we're going to give him a little more freedom in the offense. Like, literally, I and I thought it was the last hurrah. Like, let's see what we got. We're on a big losing streak. Foles is banged up. Let's bring in Mitchell Trubisky and say, hey, Mitch, look, at call audibles. Do what you want because um, we need to see what we got because we're probably going to cut bait otherwise. And the response has been great. 
Suddenly, his best wide receiver, Allen Robinson, who was really down with playing with Foles, is excited again, and he's pumped up. And, oh, by the way, Allen Robinson's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL when he's playing at full speed, and he's getting his catches. And Trubisky's completing passes. He has an over 70% completion percentage in four of the last five games for the Chicago Bears, and they were right in that game with Green Bay in the fourth quarter, down five uh, and then all of a sudden the wheels came off. They gave up a couple late touchdowns, and it looks bad. This is a team playing. It's you know you could say at least offensively it's best football of the year. And for that reason, against the Saints here in a total which has I think the second or third lowest total of the week. I think ten's a little bit high, and I like the Bears. You know, it's interesting about Allen Robinson because he was scuffling along, and he's absolutely oh, been yes. putting up some huge numbers. Bad I just social saw, media posts, sulking. And I just saw he's a free agent. So if ever there's a guy that absolutely wants to have a monster ending to the year, it has to be A.B. Um, or A-Rob. And so that's a big positive for the life of me. I don't understand what's happened also with the running back for Montgomery for, yeah. for Chicago, who was – there was a, a stretch of about five games that the Bears are getting like two and a half yards per rush, couldn't run the football at all, and they fixed that problem. All of a sudden, Montgomery's good again. I know this was a team we said, look, Allen Robinson doesn't want to be there. He looks like he quit. David Montgomery can't run the ball. Montgomery went for over 1,000. Allen Robinson went for over 1,250 yards this season. I mean, this offense has picked it up. And for that reason, the back door is always more open than it would be if, if a team's struggling and has to win one way. Hey, we have to keep this tight, low scoring. If this turns into a shootout, fine. Chicago can shoot it out right now. I, I like the 10 here. You know, I've been looking at the line moves on these games, too. And so we're seeing, like, in the Pittsburgh game, move from four to six with a lot of really good reasons why that line has bumped up two points. And you can make the case that you that you might like Pittsburgh. But here's a line move that went from eight to 10. And really, on no news, it's just, hey, odds makers open up seven after eight. And now it's up to 10. Well, because people don't bet against Sean Payne that are smart. Yes. I mean, I'm, I mean, the guy is just that. I mean, 10 seems like a lot. No, I agree. Spot. I agree. Now, I'm not saying this smart. I'm saying this sincerely. Did you downgrade the Bears last week? No, it was a five-point game in the fourth quarter. All right. So I think you're in the minority there. What did you do? Half a point downgrade. Because, I mean, there was a sense of – now, here's what's interesting. How do you handle this typically, Matt? The, the Sharps were on – the Bears heavy. Yep. And it was a move that a lot of the half sharps didn't get. I heard a lot this week. Listen, I think the Bears are fraudulent, but the pros are batting, you know, the big <laughs> boys are batting them. Even though they lost, does that give you faith that, that you got agreement? I don't think they're fading Green Bay. <laughs> so in that case, it. <laughs> You know, the guy runs an internet. Your, your, your company's effectively an internet company, right? It's a technology company. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you with your out now. Um, do you, how important is it to you when the syndicates bet a team that you're high on? Does that affirm significantly or just a little to you? It, it certainly doesn't hurt my opinion of the game. Obviously, it certainly makes me feel better that, hey, other people who are betting big money 
also have the same feeling I do. Look, this game was 21-15 late in the fourth, and Chicago has a couple of bad plays and gives up two late touchdowns to Green Bay, and suddenly it's 35-16, but that game was right on the number. Four and a half, five-point underdog, down five with 10 minutes to play. Aren't those plays the Trubisky-type plays? I don't think we can all of a sudden isolate one play in a five-game good run and say, well, remember that one – we get on Fez for this. Remember that one good play in the – that one bad play in the fourth quarter? But hold on. I'm actually doing the opposite. I'm saying that you're trying to isolate the five games. I'm trying to say that play is a series of 30 of them over the last three years. That's Trubisky making those boneheaded mistakes. But I'm saying that this is a new Trubisky since he came back and in. I'm, because I'm they, always fading. I mean, in general, I don't believe. Sure. And that's what I'm and saying. And he doesn't have to be great, Trubisky. I love the Hey, oh, by the way, he completed 79% of his passes in that game. You know something? And I say this and say, you're probably the sharpest person on the planet that, like, that is this high on the Bears. Meaning when I listen to, well, maybe not, because let's just say this, amongst the media analytics people I respect, no one's high on the Bears. Obviously better, the syndicates were. So you're seeing something maybe they're seeing. It's, I love this because you're the only voice in the room doing it. I mean, so I'm playing devil's advocate in a sure. way. I don't have a strong opinion. In general, I don't think people change that much. In general, it, you they, but hey, uh, Josh Allen has changed. I mean, that's so, right. So yeah, all right. Last game, I thought we've covered this one really well. This was my best bet yesterday. Steelers line hasn't moved up, Fez. Uh, you know, the more I think about this, they have multiple other. Uh, there's other coaches out too, right? Yes. So you, you you're gonna be shorthanded three coaches. The play caller. I mean, why isn't the market moving more? Because the market doesn't react to coaches properly or seemingly at all. I think this is just a misprice. But yes. they overreacted to Saban in the colleges. Yeah, but yeah. they Matt, they didn't react at all to Dabu Sweeney missing both his coordinators, and they got schooled. That's interesting. Okay. So what's your example. overall take on the game? It... Uh, so I don't know how to value what the coaches are worth, but I will say this at three and a half. Oh my, how much Pittsburgh can I get right with the coaches out? But now we've adjusted two and a half, almost three points. At what point did the market make a fair well, adjustment? It, three and a half was there for a little while. It was four very quick. Well, before the coaches, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's, yes. that's, that's I, mean, I don't I like to question Fez on that. He's usually pretty good, but I, Thought the actually when I saw the announcement that it was pretty standard three and a half. But oh, no, no, I'm not saying that, that the openers weren't three and a half. I'm saying within by Monday, by Monday it morning, was four. it was already four and it never went yeah. back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it never went back. Yeah, so I think the move here, there was the steel, the thing that made you like the steel was a three and a half brought it to four. Yeah, and then the news brought it from four to six. Yes, I tell you this, I'm the opposite. I, I kind of like Pittsburgh at four. I like them a lot more here at six because I think we've gained, as a Steelers batter, we gain more than two points, especially two uh, less valuable points, you know, four to four and a half to five, to, you know. Uh, so are you, uh, is this your strongest lean? Like, what's your second pick? Pittsburgh. All right. What do you got? Faz, anything new? No, I uh, I love your analysis on this. Pittsburgh's real cheap at minus six, and and you can get my six even money right now. And I would I'll make a bold statement. I think that that will be scalpable. If, that's not bold, but so you think it goes to seven? 
I think it. I think you will see sevens on game day. Yes. All right. So if you like Pittsburgh, bat them early. Yes. Or bat them as soon as possible. You agree yeah, with that? I agree with it. Because the and I think people are going to more and more. Um, the media is going to catch on of what happened to Clemson against Ohio State and what's happened the few times we've seen teams without missing multiple coaches. It hasn't gone well. You know, I don't understand the betting marketplace in this perspective. If you like Cleveland, what is going to motivate you to bet this game prior to right before kickoff? It's a late game start. I, I got to be honest. I think this old bet the favorite early and the dog late. I, I think that's 10 years ago. Now, maybe on a Sunday night isolated. Exactly. In the playoffs, the late game. And it's the late game that might have some kind of, I mean, Matt, you talk about this through great experience. There might be some amplified oh, yeah. exposure. Six is a perfect and teaser I can tell number. You, this happens. Well, not for Faz. He only does it oh. the long tease. I, I mean, this happens in the NCAA tournament. I always look to the third, the, like at the Friday night, that first round, the late Friday night games. When I get the Michigan State, the Cal or the Duke playing the late game, and it seems like you just get tremendous bargains playing the dog on in, in those spots. This is a great last topic, and we'll we're going to have to defer the stories because Maddie is uh, it's late here because we were doing a lot of stuff before seven thirty six. I'm damn close, buddy. I told him we'd get him out of here by 7.30. So quickly and finally, I make this mistake. I tend to think NFL betting got this much public. And maybe I'll, in fact, I switch it for the playoffs. And But you're making a good point. Certain teams are going to have a lot less public action. Certain times are going to have less public. And then others are going to be. And I think the, the, the element other than, you know, big teams, standalone feature time. And then the third element is late in the overall weekly card because you do get that potential exposure on teasers and parlays. I mean, just think, Fez, you could make your Bills, Bucks, Steelers parlay. Just chalk it How up. How does it possibly lose? <laughs> I don't think any of these. Yeah, exactly. By the way, last thing on the Steelers, I think Big Ben getting, I think one, him having his best half, the last half and almost a must-win half against the Colts is encouraging. And I also think the week off, is encouraging because he was going downfield more earlier in the year. You could make the case, right, that this is the first game during the entire second half of the year that the spot favors the Steelers versus it having favoring their opponent, That's right? That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, closing thoughts, guys? Mitchell Trubisky going to have a big game. Next Mitchell Trubisky completes at least 70% of his passes. To Allen Robinson. Next week's going to be a challenge. We're taping Wednesday, but Bernie Fratto – Straight out of Vegas, weekend edition, 11 o'clock Pacific, Saturday nights, Fox Sports Radio across the country, is bringing a big, large Sicilian pizza in for us. And we're going to eat it. Well, I think we should try to eat it before the show. But we're going to have Bernie step in and, and have uh, do a handicap. If you haven't heard Bernie, it will be an experience. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend.